today you join us on the Irish Photography Podcast where we'll be talking about the Deerut and the IPP Photographer Spotlight. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very, very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm joined, as always, my special co-host from Cork, Republic of Ireland, Darren Jedi Spoonie. That's right, yeah? <laughs> very good, yeah, absolutely. Spot on. You should have got it, you know. Jedi Mind Tricks there just played. you remember the previous episodes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, Darren? I'm awake is good, man. Busy, busy. Uh, tired, actually, after an excellent trip that we had on our second time to go and try to photograph the deer down in Killarney and the, uh, yesterday. Jesus, yesterday, man. Today is Monday, like, so, yeah, we recorded this on Monday and we were down there in yesterday, so. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm good, I'm good, Fantastic. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this epic journey that we had down to Clarny as well. I think it's going to be good to reminisce on it and it's going to be good to, share each other's thoughts and how we yeah, get on. Yeah, yeah, How's the kids? Doing good? Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Good to hear, good to hear. Anyway, so we're going to jump into the first topic, which is called the deer rut, all right? And basically what I want to do is talk about our experience in, in doing the deer rut because me personally, I've never even done it before and I don't know what's more exciting, the sound of a deer in the middle of the rut or Kieran O'Mahony thinking he's a deer in the middle of the rut. I don't know which one's better. <laughs> well, you know what? The sound is incredible, isn't it? I mean, I remember saying to you before, I'm going to go down there. Is that it? No, it's, that's not, it's not as good as that. Oh. <laughs> I have to get Kieran to send us a soundbite and stick it in. Oh. <laughs> It's brilliant, you know, and I remember telling you before we went down there how much fun it would be, you know, to hear that sound echoing through the park. But I would say, I mean, look, it was your first time going down there. It was my second time going down there for it. And we were delighted to go down with Kieran because, you know, Kieran being a guest on the show and obviously Kieran in regards to his experience and obviously knowing where to go to photograph the deer was great the first time we went down there. But we didn't get as much of a sound and didn't get as much of an action, I suppose, that I would experience the last time I was down there. But still at the same point, you know, they're wild animals. Like, it's not exactly you're going down to an organised show at eight o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. All right, line up there now, lads. Yeah. You know? They are wild animals after all, Darren, you know, and they do what they want, whether you like it or not. Absolutely. And that's what makes it fun, I think, you know. It was a very good thing. I I was very surprised how you lasted with patience considering you're the most fidgety man that I know but yet you were able to stay still I think you kind of solved it by f- bringing something along for the second yeah. trip but I'm sure we'll cover that during the discussion of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I did I really enjoyed my time so we kind of did it in two legs so we did it about two weeks ago and we basically went down early in the morning uh, before even sunrise and lo and behold there was two other photographers there and I've actually kind of gotten quite friendly with one of them Carl was what 
Was Kiwix. Was Kiwix. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. I know I'm saying your wrong name. Your name wrong. But this dude, man, had the most impressive lens that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this is proper badass lens. I mean, like the head of the lens is bigger than my head. Like it's just, it's a four hundred mil, two point eight IS Mark II. I mean, it it was just beautiful to even just look at. I mean, like take okay, Darren. Take a wild guess. How much do you think that lens is worth? It's a prime lens. It's 400. It's an 2.8 with IS. I don't know. I mean, you wouldn't get any change or a 10 grand anyway. So. <laughs> you can keep going, man. What? You keep going. You're close. Though. You're very close. You're very close. I'll give you that much. It retails in Con's cameras. I checked it out today. Is 11,599 euros. But, the, but hold, 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 hold. They have a deal. You can get a cash back offer at the moment. It's on special offer. <laughs> if you how much is the cash you back? You buy it with a qualifying camera. You get eight hundred back. So that's actually quite good, in fairness. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Look for what it is. It's an incredible lens. I mean, I remember when we first arrived there. <laughs> we walked along. And you could see uh, Carol and another guy. Marson, completely Marson covered head to toe. Marson. Yeah. Uh, covered head to toe in camouflage and uh, <laughs> I rock up with my no famous red jacket oh my God. and the looks that I got from the lads like is your man really after coming here in a red jacket to photograph the deer why have I got to went to so much trouble to getting all the camouflage and the lenses camouflage and everything else as well when I rock up with yeah. my red jacket so yeah you know what I mean look I uh, I learned since that they're Colorblind, uh, who, I can't see. Who red. Told I don't you know that? how true or not that is, but I don't know. I read it somewhere. Probably conveniently heard the truth, <laughs> but still at the same point, yeah. You know what? Uh, I learned my lesson from turning up in a red jacket, anyway. I suppose, and I think you know what? We'll talk about that when we get to the second trip. But they get the lads yeah. were incredible. Like they were incredibly hidden. Yeah, you wouldn't even know they were there. And Dave was telling me that I think a couple of days beforehand he went down by the lake or somewhere and he was taking photographs and looking for the deer and all of a sudden he looked over and he saw a blue bag and he was like what? what's a blue bag do? it must belong to a photographer and then next to him was one of the guys completely covered in camouflage he didn't even know that he was there he was there for around 15 minutes taking photos and he didn't realise that one of the guys was actually next to him so you know the camouflage works lads and you yeah. know sorry I turned up in a red jacket but anyhow back to the to the lens wait. I mean that lens is incredible wait wait just to go back to Dave now for two seconds and sorry Dave we're going to hang you out to dry here nobody but Dave said to me he's like I was just I was flabbergasted, you know, I just had to clear my head and I had to go for a walk and I was, I was singing away to myself and talking and everything and I almost answered myself <laughs> and lo and behold, this guy was here the whole time listening to me going, what the hell is he on about? <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, sorry, Dave. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but you, you know what, right? I think that's the interesting thing about it, that from taking the photos. I learned anyway when I went down on the first trip. I mean, I borrowed, I mean, I have a 70-200, it's an F4. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I need to borrow a lens from you. And the one to borrow from you was the 70-200. And you gave me the 1.4, as we discussed in the previous uh, episode, the 1.4 converter. So the two of those together was 280, and that still wasn't enough. Yeah. So I learned very quickly that I needed to have a longer focal length to be able to take the shots that I want to be able to capture it. And when I went back the second time, I kind of came armed. I didn't want to be left out of the Bazooka Boys crew. Oh, so yeah. in, fairness to, yeah, in fairness to the guys down in Sigma Ireland, they gave me a loan of the 150 to 600 uh, Sport 
Ooh. which was a phenomenal lens. And, you know, when we went down shooting, it was, I felt, I no, I no longer had kind of gas inadequacy. I kind of looked and went, all right, okay, I'm playing here with the same tools in it. Same lens that the lads had. Not the same lens that Carol and stuff had, but same lens yeah. that uh, Thomas and Dave and Kieran had. Yeah, yeah. So I was the odd one out. I had the lid. You were the odd one out with the contemporary, yeah, yeah but still you had the same, you know, reach, the, I suppose, as the rest of us. And it's funny because the, the lenses are the exact same. Optics-wise, there is no difference in quality whatsoever from the contemporary to the sport model. The only difference is that the sport is far more rugged. It's very much built for the professional photographer that's going to be literally throwing their gear all over the place. Whereas the contemporary is definitely suited for a person like you or I. That it, uh, It's an amateur. We might do it once or twice a year and then it's put away then for the rest of the, the rest of the year, you know. So I think it's ideal for us, you know, the sport, me not so much. Well, you know what, I tell you what's ideal for me is to be able to borrow one of those lenses instead of having to buy it and put it up on a shelf and not use it that often. True. And that's exactly what happened to you in the past when you had that lens and you figured out you didn't use that often, you sold yeah. it. And then you went and got another one again because you couldn't miss out on having gas. And you know, I know. <laughs> I'm lucky. No, no. I know, I know, I, I slag you, but I mean, I'm lucky that I was able to borrow it in that yeah. way because I probably wouldn't get the use out of it. And one thing I will tell you is when you have the long lenses, my God, they're so light, man, it's incredible. You wouldn't even know you're carrying anything with you around the yeah. place. They're just made of paper, like to, they're made of feathers and pixie dust. What's this? There's no weight whatsoever. Oh, I was there going, what the hell is this guy on about? Man, your lens, maybe, maybe you're telling the truth. I doubt it, but my lens is far more pixier than yours. Well, you know what? The, the weight of them is very, very heavy and you're carrying those around all day long. It can kind of get quite bur burdensome, I suppose, really. that I know you had your bag and everything. You were carrying everything which you're Kitchen going through. Kitchen sink and all. walking through everything. And, you know, like I say, I mean... I was the first day I went down there I had the bag on my back I didn't take it off and then when I went down the second time I just brought the camera and the tripod because it's a lot to be lugging around mm. and particularly when you're trying to go through dense areas as well but most definitely for the rut you have to have a long lens don't go with any short focal uh, range correct you know you want to be able to have the longest lens that you can possibly get or afford or get the quality that you want to be able to get out of the shot because you simply won't be able to get close enough because they are wild mm. animals no saying that you can put yourself in a situation where you can get close enough without having a very very long lens but that's we have to be careful you know? yeah absolutely so some of the other gear that we actually used was um like you got to use a 7200 2.8 uh, you used a teleconverter as well, so you didn't have so much success with that as you felt it degraded your quality. So I can understand parts of it. I did a few tests here at home just so I, I, I didn't know if you were mad or not. Well, I know you're mad, but, <laughs> you know, uh, I just wanted to do my own tests. And Gareth, uh, Craig uh, came on, gave us a hand, you know, gives us ideas and what he thinks and blah, blah, blah. So what I've learned in my experiments is that it is very, very good when the subject matter is large enough to photograph. But when the yes. subject matter is uh, not so uh, taken over such a scene that it seems to get lost in focus and it, will, it won't be as sharp as you'd wish. So when you're back so far and you're sh trying to shoot a subject matter which is only uh, an eighth of the screen, 
it does mm-hmm. it does degrade. But if the subject matter is mm-hmm. that bunch closer, it man, it's tack sharp. It's it's really really good. So it has its faults, do you know? So it and I think it's something that needs to be rectified in the next model. Yeah, that's interesting because you know for the use that you want to have a teleconverter for is to get you closer to that subject that you can't yeah. reach otherwise. So from a teleconverter point of view, unless it is going to be making sure there's no loss of integrity, then I don't know, I wouldn't have one. But at the same point, like I said, I I love that lens, the 70 mm. 2.8, when I went up into the woods because I couldn't concentrate on taking the photographs of the deer any longer on the first round, and I found that mushroom on the ground. Mm. The, the, you know, the, the sharpness from it then was just incredible. So that's interesting that you've done tests as yeah. well. So I know I'm not going completely no, mad, yeah. No, no, no. So what we used also for to help us stabilize our shots as uh, quite simple, you named it, said it already, just a tripod. Uh, Paul Madigan had a monopod and so did Tom. Yes. And then Kieran O'Mahony, uh, a.k.a. Deer, um, had a gimbal. So it's not a motorized gimbal, it's a fully manual gimbal and you have full access of X, Y, pan, tilt, uh, the whole shebang and what it does is it mets, lets you move freely very very fast and in a smooth motion and you can track deers or birds or anything like that and uh, he utilized it quite well and it looked very very interesting piece of equipment fully agree with you when i first saw it i was thinking okay it's a bit big but at the same point i went all right it has to do something good and it does and I found losing the tripod, um, and not just the tripod. I mean, the tripod is for the legs. I mean, Kieran also used the tripod, but I was using the ball head. Mm. Um, the movement that you need to be able to go quickly doesn't come as smooth as to a panning access, as you say, left and right and up and down. And you leave the camera go effectively, it will more or less stay around that area for you as well because it's balanced, mm. whereas you had to be fiddling, twisting the dial um or for them from the movement to the ball head or making sure that your pan access was always open on the ball head as well to be able to move from left to right. So it seemed very, very interesting. And if I was to be doing it again, I would look to try and borrow, not buy, borrow a gimbal head uh, because, you know, again, for the use that I get out of it, there'd be no point in me having it. No, but saying that, who knows, you know, um, from the whole wildlife photography point of view, it is something very good and it is something very interesting. So you never know, there could be a use there outside of the deer rut, but it was a very interesting piece of equipment. And again, you look, you say Paul Madigan with the monopod, exactly the same as that, you know, you're, you're holding the camera, it's just taking the weight off yeah. you. Yeah. So Now, it, it's something that I would, possibly look at uh, maybe next year uh, depending on the price you can get cheap ones and you can get more expensive ones and they're, they're available only... in orange you're going to order it next week <laughs> a three-legged one yeah um, <laughs> but no I see I wanted the whole reason why I bought the 150-600 was to photograph surfers I've no idea how to surf I have a surfboard I've done it twice but there's just something about surfing that I love to watch I just find it absolutely mesmerizing it's so mm-hmm, bloody mm-hmm. cool man I'd, someday I just want to be able to do it but I want to photograph surfers so if I get a gimbal head that will help me do that as well but I'm in no rush to get it do you know Ariano you'll have it ordered there within the space of two weeks watch this space I'm go away sell the surfboard <laughs> sell the surfboard no, that you I'm bought not. after going out twice no. And then you'll have a bit of money to be able to buy something that you can take photographs of people on a surfboard. No, no, I'm going to use that surfboard, I promise you. 
It's the last thing I'll do. I'll use that surfboard. Yep, yep, I'm telling you. Okay, so let's talk about who actually decided to come on the deer rut. So, uh, our all-star team started with Dave Higginbottom in Carpo, dude. Uh, I, I don't know what that whole thing is about, but uh, I don't even want to know. <laughs> Just leave it in suspense. Leave it as the mystery. Yeah, yeah. leave it as mystery. Dave is he's great to have on your team, especially at the deer rut, because it can get ah not tiring, but you know it gets boring from time to time. And Dave, he's he doesn't know how to keep a straight face. He's always entertaining, so he's good to have the bit of crack and a joke to help break up the day. You know. Absolutely, fully agree. I've gone out for taking photos with. Dave on a number of occasions and every single time as you say he's a good guy to have around in the team yeah yeah we also had Kieran O'Mahony aka the deer uh, to help us with the mating calls and attracted the deer to us yeah he he yeah, come here he also had a secret weapon for birds you you, you missed out yeah on what that. was that he had the sound of some birds that he played and all of a sudden see all the birds coming around looking going what's that who's this what's that Who's really? There? So it must be the sound of some beautiful bird that makes a beautiful sound. So all, all of a sudden, the rest of them are going, oh, here she comes, here she comes. Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga's here. Let's go down and have a look. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, man. Right, yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, and also, I suppose, I was when you were doing, well, we, we alluded to earlier on, uh, to kind of alleviate your boredom, and we walked off, there was a bird I spotted, and I spotted him going up a tree, I took a photograph of him and I showed to Kieran and like he goes, Oh yeah, that's a tree crawler. I was like, What? What's he called? Never heard of a bird called a tree crawler before in wow. my life. And then there was another one as well. I can't remember what he even mentioned no to me, but he said, Yeah, it's the smallest bird in Ireland. Mm. So I got two photographs of the two of them as well while I was chatting with him. But yeah, Kieran, great guy from the wildlife point of view. And we'd be middle of chatting away and he turned and he go, That's a kingfisher. Yeah, I know, he did well, it a few oh, times. No, I, I can hear him. I, I yeah. couldn't even see him and I was there going, Ah, oh, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It, it, I think it'd be very interesting to kind of understand the animals more that are around you from taking the photographs yeah, because Kieran was always watching out for wildlife. We were we were there to shoot the deers and like, all right, where are they? Like, and all of a sudden, remember right behind us, there was a load of small birds that came up in the trees. Tits, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they just flew out along us like yeah. the lads were straight around. I was like, I was like, where are the birds? I'd have gone already. I just got ten photographs. I was like, what? The hell? <laughs> Brilliant. So our third all star on the team was Tom. And what's Tom's second name actually? I can't remember. Healy. Thomas Healy. Thomas Healy. Um, nothing to Thomas Heaton anyway. But um, really nice guy. It's my first time meeting Tom. And man, he gave us such a great moment <laughs> to remember him by. As I'm talking as if he was dead. <laughs> oh my God. So what happened was. Uh, Kieran decided to bring us through this forest woodland and we nearly got sunk in all this marsh swamp and our boots were coming off us and everything. But then we we found a stag and a kind of a lot of doe or hinds or whatever they're called. And <laughs> we said, okay, we'll sit up here now. We'll see what we can get. And Tom thought he was great. And he, anyway, he's sitting going, I have my tripod set up here now, boy. I tell you. And he sat down in the tree trunk <laughs> and uh, this kind of branch. And uh, lo and behold, <laughs> all you could hear is... <laughs> 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 and his legs are up in the air, 
Oh my god, it was the funniest thing. It really, really resonated with me. I just could. I actually nearly fell over it, laughing. Kieran took photographed it, him getting back it up. It was comical. It was comical. I must say, it was absolutely <laughs> comical because I looked over at Jig and I saw him and I went, Jesus, he's got to find comfy seat there. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked away, looking down through the lens at the deer, and I heard it was crash. I was like, what the hell? Look over and as you see, it's just the legs wriggling in the air. It was funny as hell, yeah. It was okay though. He was okay. And the tree obviously was old and rotten. That's why it disintegrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but I wouldn't be surprised everything was old and rotten there, man. That was just a mud fest, yeah. as you say. Trying to go through that, you know, I went, I decided I wanted to go off into one area and it's the old advice, I suppose, really, when you're in that area is walk on the, the tufts of grass yes. because you know that's going to be a bit solid, you yeah. know. But even some of the tufts of grass there, man, you'd be, they were minuscule to be able to get your foot in it. You'd slide off and <laughs> straight in. Yeah, that's crazy. Up, up past your ankle. Crazy. Also on the team, we had Paul Madigan. He, uh, I've never heard of Paul Madigan until last year's uh, Nature Photographer of the Year. And he was yes. in this group where it was like, uh, not beginners, but you know, not in advance. And this guy was killing it. I mean, like the pictures yes. he was producing, I was like, how the hell is this guy not in the advance? I was like, who is this Paul Madigan guy? And man, man, he is Unreal. If you haven't checked out his work, I, I don't even know if he's on Instagram or not. You'd have to go look at his pictures. I've seen him on Facebook. Like, Actually, he is on Instagram. I actually saw one of his pictures last week with the two deer are, are in uh, in the water and they're crashing up against each other. It's absolutely awesome. So go look at uh, Paul Madigan on Agreed. Instagram. Yeah, and Paul's work is fantastic. Yeah. And then to round off the All-Star team, we had uh, Darren Spoonley and the captain, Dermot O'Donovan. Yeah. S since when are you a self-crown captain? Oh, I've always been the captain, man. The captain of your own ship, is yeah. it? <laughs> All right, okay. You go off there and sail down in your very way on your own ship. <laughs> no bother. Do you want to live? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where are you going? To the deer rut again? <laughs> I am. And I was talking to Carl actually just tonight and he said that he was down there again today and he said it's gone, it, like we knew it was quiet from yesterday, but he's like, it's just getting really, really quiet. I was like, okay, so I'll probably have to wait till next year. And he said, it's probably going to go on for about another 10 days. So I still might get lucky. Are you going to go down again, yeah? I'm half tempted, but if I do go down, I'm going to get divorced, like. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, look, going down there twice to photograph the deer, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's it's only happens once a year. You can't really spend all your time down there, but it's the luck of the draw. And I've seen, I've seen some great photographs this year. And I saw one um, yesterday on the back of Kieran's oh. camera that he managed to capture. And, you know, look, Kieran, when we were there, and in fairness to you, you know, I think you're right. Obviously, you got the experience because you know it. But we were saying, like, well, the first week, obviously, you were saying, right, I'm freezing. And you lasted a fair bit of time, in fairness mm. to you, because, you know... I know you probably want to talk about it a bit more yourself, but you know you weren't exactly comfortable there, standing there for a long period of time. No, no. And Kieran was like, "Going, look, hang on, just hang on five minutes. Look, just hang on five minutes. We'll go off." And in the back of my mind, I was like, "Yeah, look, this is always the optimist. You know, hang on to five minutes. The light will come, or bang out. They'll come out there, and they'll all say, how's it going?' And line up and get your photographs. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you and the moment that you leave is the moment that you miss out on something epic." Yeah. And effectively, that's what happened you and I yesterday with, with Kieran. So, I mean, to hang around and have the patience 
it will pay off, but you have to have the patience. But also you have to be there in the right spot as well where it's going to go. It's really, really luck of the draw to be able to get the photograph of them because, like I said, they are wild animals. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to the tips and kind of round up this topic, Darren. So I have a few kind of bullet points and I'm just kind of touch on them there, right? So tip number one, arrive early. Get there before Agreed. everyone else. So even before sunrise is even better because everything's nice and calm. Even though it's still too dark to even take the photograph because you're bumping your eyes up to 10,800 or whatnot, at least you get a position, a decent position, and you can wait for the deer. And then that will kind of play into the next uh, tip is use the golden hours, whether it's at... Uh, sunrise or sunset if you're getting that side light onto your subject matter it's just going to make it that much better it's going to give it a kind of 3d effect that it's jumping out of the the page or it's jumping out of the computer actually you know is there any correlation in regards to the activity from the deer as well be it morning or evening because during the day when we were there the first time they just decided to chill out and go sit down underneath a tree and go how are things lads we're having our lunch so like day long siesta yeah. I would just wonder is there more chance of action when they wake up or when they're readying to turn in for the night I suppose but definitely from the light absolutely and you know the first morning we were there we got some beautiful light mm, yeah just a pity we didn't have much deers. Well, we did have a couple of deers, but I pity I couldn't see them <laughs> other, other than a little dot in my screen. But um, when you get nice light shining on the subject, of course, in anything in photography, light makes it. Yeah. And, you know, again, early morning, we didn't see it the two times we went down there, but there's always a chance and a possibility of mist. So all of a sudden, bang, you've got your mist, you've got your sunlight, you've got your stag. Yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Spot on. Where... Camo gear, not red. <laughs> so bring something yeah. to disguise yourself, guys. Um, it, it's not like even wearing a white hat is not going to do it. If you've got a big bright head, wear a hat that's kind of green. So you basically want to cover yourself up as much as possible, blend into your environment that you're in. Because if it did, and I promise you this, a deer will see you before you see that deer. So the more you're camouflaged, the absolute better. So uh, shout out to, like I said, Marcin and Carl, who are <laughs> covered in tip to head to toe in camel gear. And not only did they have jumpers, pants, wellies, their lenses had special camel cover. Not only that, they then had blankets, which were camel gear blankets, to go over them even though they had covered themselves in camel gear already and then go over their mm -hmm. camera then as well. So they were just, you you couldn't even see them, man, you know? So yeah, bring camel gear. You don't have to go to the extent of the two boys, but just bring some with you. Yeah, you know what? Look, uh, they will also see you very, very quickly because they'll hear you and also they'll smell you. So, you know, you have to be very careful. I think even with the lads there, like on the first morning when I arrived... I saw some lights going off into the distance and that must have been the two boys. So they were there around about, I don't know, 15 minutes before we all arrived, let's just say. So mm. around a half an hour from before we started to arrive down to the same spot. Okay. And like I said, they were all set up, bedded in, sitting on the side. And it was funny, actually. It was it Marson, the one that had the boots. 
and he got filled up with water. Oh, no, that's, that was another guy. Yeah, that was funny, actually. Oh, yeah, that was funny to look at that. I couldn't get the camera quick enough to be able to record it in ultra slow-mo because his wellies were completely full. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, well, look, in waders we trust because there is no chance of water getting in yeah. in regards to how deep it was. And that's the one thing from both the times we were there, the water levels were damn high. Yeah, they were. They were, in fairness. So moving on to our next point, keep your distance. They are wild animals after all. So you that's why we use these big long lenses, lenses 150-600, so you can keep the distance from the deer. And like I said, they will see you before they, you see them, but if you do get quite close, they might get aggressive. They are wild animals. You don't know what they're going to do, so your safety might be a bit of an issue. So just keep back there, guys. And don't forget about wind. Your smell goes downwind. All right. Okay, didn't know that. So, so if the wind is blowing from behind your back down towards them, mm-hmm. then they'll smell you. Mm-hmm. So you obviously, you know, just be careful from that point of view as well. You get too close, you'll startle them. Right? Do you know, actually, I was doing a bit of research before the night before we went down the first time, and the male deer will poop and roll around in their own poop just to hide their scent or something like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I suppose dogs do it as well, don't they? Well, my dog loves to roll around in cow shit, so little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she does it all the time I'm telling you she's deadly uh, anyway, and fox poop <laughs> moving on prepare for the images that you want and what I mean by that is getting to the spot in the right time and being creative so if you want to have a lot of reeds in the foreground that are going to be acting as bokeh foreground make sure that you get there early and get that shot set up that you so once you see the stag coming into your scene you're prepared for the shot. You're not fluffing about. So an example was when you had the 7200 2.8, your first shot was a 60th of a second at two, at 200 yeah. mil focal length at F11, even though you're using a 2.8. So you're fluffing about. It was never F11. It was F11. It was never F11. How much in the bet? No, it wasn't. How much in the bet? I, I, okay, I'll go check it afterwards and we'll Do. discuss it on another podcast. Okay. It was not at F11. I guarantee you. My first shot was not at F11. <laughs> Okay, one of the shots that I flipped that I checked. Ah, no, 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 no. Anyway, so, yeah, look, get in position, get your settings right, get them nailed down, do a few test shots, make sure you're happy, and then you're prepared for the shot, or prepared for the scene before it even happens. Agreed, and the only thing I can add on that, and I'm not an expert on it, but I found it helped me, is that the second point when we were in the woodlands, you know, there was trees blocking our views, um, so I spotted just a viewpoint that I could see down to where the deer were, set up the camera and just waited and waited and waited to come into my scene that was there rather than me constantly moving around the place and they're going behind a tree or whatever yeah. it may have been. I just set up where I had a clear line of sight and wait. It's patience really for the wild animals. That's what I learned anyway. Yeah, yeah. Good thing to learn. And my last tip, well, I use, uh, there was one there saying use a long lens and we kind of done that. But my biggest tip of the whole weekend, Darren, this is the <laughs> soup, most super duperest tip that you'll ever get whether it's your going in a deer rut or anything like that so i made the mistake of not having wellies i don't own a pair so ye all had waders and wellies and the, the lake was quite high but look i bared the elements and i still went in i didn't care i was really excited for what was uh, at hand so i walked in and lo and behold my boots filled up with water within seven seconds all right yeah so my feet were quite cold after a while, we were there for a few hours, and we are in October after all. So I said, the next time I come down here, I'm going to have wellies. 
I don't care. So I went looking for wellies and they had a size 10 only. And I said, oh, no, man, they're going to be too small. So I tried on the 10 and they fitted perfect, even though I'm a UK 11. So, so mm-hmm. I was like, hold on a second now. My feet are still going to be cold in these, you know, because I'll just have socks on. You know, there's no lining or anything like that. So then I was like, mm-hmm. have you got an 11, no? So he went, I don't think so. We'll check the back. So lo and behold, he came out with a size 11. I was like, golden, brilliant. And he's like, but I thought the 10s fit you perfect. I was like, no, I have an idea up my sleeve, buddy. And he started laughing. Oh, yeah. He started laughing. I says, no, 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 no. It's a secret. I can't tell you. <laughs> so I bought the wellies that were too big for me, right? And I went okay. home and my daughter has got me, uh, daughters get dads every year for Christmas is slippers. So oh, yeah. I got my slippers, I put them on and then I put my foot into the wellies. So genius. My feet were nice and toasty. I mean, really warm, and they're just big enough to fit in uh, a size bigger than I would normally wear. And they were just snug, and they were perfect. They didn't get wet all day long from the start to the finish, and they were really, really warm. Take that, Gavin Hardcastle. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so any final thoughts on before, this topic? Be, before you go, yeah, before you go, there's also one other thing and we alluded to it earlier on and I was, like I said, I take my hat off to you that you stuck it out with soaking wet feet in the water for that long period of time without being able to get some, obviously, incredible shots. We got nice shots, but nothing mm. incredible. There wasn't major action hanging around the place, you know. So from a, a deer rock point of view, there will be a lot of hanging around and particularly if you've got wet feet it isn't a comfortable thing to do. So you arrived at the second shot at this and you mentioned, you know, okay, you fixed the first part, which was your feet were wet. So they weren't going to be wet and they were going to be nice and snug and toastally warm. But you also then came with something else and it's the best oh, thing yeah. that you need. Now, unfortunately, you know, not everybody will be able to have this next tool, but it's a tool that fixes fidgetness. <laughs> and you suffer from fidgetiness an awful lot. So you decided, rather than just bring a, a Rubik's Cube or something like that, you said, you know what, I know what I'm going to bring. So what did you bring to eat up the time in between waiting for action? I did. I brought something absolutely so sexual. It was unbelievable. I mean, did you ever hear the song Sexual Chocolate? I sent you the yes. video and I'm actually going to put that as a backing track. <laughs> it's so good. I brought the Rhino Slider. So basically, I've been shooting moving time lapses while we're waiting for the deer. So these things, they might take 15 minutes to 20 minutes for your, your slider to complete A to B. So while it's all doing that and it's all set up and you're getting the right composition, you're doing this and you're getting it. It's a lot of fluffing about now, I'll tell you that much. But the reward at the end of it, when you get it out and you export that thing, man, it's just phenomenal. I did one last night with the one with the waterfall. That's okay. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the best one. Now, I sent mm-hmm. one of the good ones to you tonight. And what mm-hmm. do you think of it? You know what? I think it was a very good use of your time um, to be able to do that. And again, I laughed at you. And I go, geez, look at this. He's bringing more stuff out. How often is he going to use this thing? But yeah, the results that you've gotten from that are incredible. And I think it really fixed your boredom and it kept you going. So much so. When even Kieran was done shooting, 
the deer or photographing the deer. You were like, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, I don't want to go home, I don't want to go home. So yeah, you know, keep an eye out for those um, time lapses, folks, because yeah. they're going to be absolutely ridiculous. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll have a word from our sponsor. Are you sick of double A batteries? An ongoing cost? Constantly having to change them? Well, the Modus 360RT and 600RT speedlights are the ones for you. Available for Canon, Nikon, Sony and Fujifilm. It's got an extreme lithium-ion battery with a 1.5 second recycle time. That's four times faster than AA batteries. 600 shots at full power, 1000 at a half. Available now at Hanel.ie. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast where we have our second topic and what we have today is the IPP Photographer Spotlight on Instagram and also the Shunde, the Shunde, the Shunde Showcase by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Sunday Showcase, yeah. The Shunde Showcase. So, kicking things off. Uh, Darren, I'm going to hand over the spotlight to you this week because I've picked the first two. I think it's a bit unfair if I to pick the third one. So, who is it? Well, look, it's somebody actually that, you know, I've looked at his work and I've followed his work and it's getting better and better and better as it comes along. His name is Dave Kremen and he goes by the name of Jasperov on Instagram. And, okay, I didn't pick him because he's from Cork, okay, so I'll get that out of your head before you even start it. But he takes a sequence of beautiful photographs at night, and I think he's really found his niche, and he's doing a phenomenal job in regards to it. And, on top of that, it was his birthday yesterday, which hey. was Sunday, so, you know, happy birthday, Dave. Um, you know, I think it's a, a phenomenal profile that you've starting to cultivate and curate of your own work and looking at the detail on it Dermot it seems that on April the 3rd of this year is when everything changed for Dave because it's when he took his first nighttime photograph wow and it was a photograph he took in Barrack Street and I think that was when the turning point was I mean he had three other photographs after that which were your landscape photographs and then boom he found what he was looking yeah. for and I, I think just going through the the photographs and kind of reading the story that Dave is telling along with them, he's always had a fascination with neon and now every single photograph that he has is looking vibrant and colourful, like a neon aspect of it and they're phenomenal to be looking at. I think he was bitten by the nighttime bug from that point, I think, and everything else oh, yeah. thereafter is absolutely awesome. It's it's an art in what he does. Everything is very crunchy, very sharp, like you said, very vibrant yeah. and bold. And they, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, like you're right. After the thirtieth of April, it's it's all lovely, bright, um, uh, daytime, and it just gets dark, and not in a bad way. It just gets phenomenal. One of my favorite shots there is the blue bridge. I mean, that thing is just absolutely awesome. It's this. I think it's a bridge, the River Lee. Is that in Cork? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, man. I mean, like, why why aren't you out photographing this stuff, Darren? It's on your doorstep, like. Because I'm at home recording a podcast with you and try to keep you entertained in the evenings and I'm trying to mind the family outside of that. But I'd love to go out in the evening time and it's great for me to see the photographs of Cork and he's doing a phenomenal job in regards to it. But not only that, I just think, 
the composition that he's got in photographs, using the lines of the road oh. as, to le- as the leading line. He's got a photograph there outside, tra- it's by St. Peter and Paul's church. Um, and it's just a, a, a drain in, in the ground, but it's full of water and it just gets a reflection of a tree that's on the very end of it. It's phenomenal. His, you know, using the grooves on the ground, they're all kind of really impactful shots, but they're shot from a low down perspective as well of very, very well known locations. And I think, you know, the colour treatment that he's using as well, and that's where he's creating his own style and the theme is going through each of the images as you can see. And it's, I think, I think it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think his work is excellent and I think people should go check it out. Like there's one photograph there, right? Um, if you look at his page or his grid, it's the mid, this is the photograph at six o'clock. So it's a photograph of him standing or somebody standing with a reflection of water in front of them. Do you see that one? Uh, it's the eighth shot from the top. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, can't find it. There's a tiger there. Ah, okay, sorry. Ah, okay, I know. You're not looking at the grid, you're looking at the individual photographs. I'm not. Okay, well, the third line down, so. Oh, t- ah, Jesus, you said eight. The eighth shot. Oh, wow, now I see it. Oh, so yeah. that's a building that's in Cork, and, you know, it's very much so similar to the building in New York. The gridiron. Never heard of it. Okay, we'll have a look and you'll see photographs of that. It's like a triangular frontage. And that has that's on Hanover Street, just off Washington Street in Cork. And the photograph he's taken of it at night just is beautiful. And yeah. you can go, Yes, that in Cork? Jesus, people pass that all the time. But just with the reflection on the water and his use of wet surfaces in his photography at night as well is phenomenal. I think his yeah. work is excellent. I love looking at it and I'd I'd sit down and I'd look at these all day long. First thing it kind of jumps out at me is that it's kind of like Nick McDonough. You know Nick? Yes. He's a yeah. very similar style. Even his editing techniques are very similar to Nick's. And uh, wow. I'm, yeah, I'm taken back by some of these men. I'm, they're very, very impressive. It's not something that I would have the creativity to do. Definitely. He's uh, in the league of his own there, man. Yeah, and I think he's on for big things. So, you know, I'd urge our listeners to go check him out. Jasperov, J-A-S-P-E-R-O-V on Instagram. And uh, let him know that the Irish Photography Podcast sent you. And happy birthday, boy. Tell him no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Well done, Dave. Your work is incredible. Looking forward to seeing more. Excellent. Excellent. Back to you now, man. Over to you for this... Sunday Showcase. The Sunday Showcase is live on the Irish Photography Podcast. So I'd have to edit the I'd have to edit the post to put a H in there. S H U N D A Y. Do do do. So what we're going to, the new structure of this, right, guys, is I'm going to rack off my shots and Darren's going to rack off his, and we haven't told each other which ones we like. Okay, but. Rather than pick three each and it, uh, it getting very, very long, we're going to compile it into, if some of them overlap, if I pick three the same as him, so be it. We'll just talk. We'll hash it out about those uh, six photographs. If we've got uh, only two or three photographs to talk about, so be it. So do you want to kick things off? Will we, will we flip a coin for it? <laughs> yeah, flip a coin, yeah. I have no money. I'll flip uh, a Canon lens cap. Heads or tails? Okay, I'll take Canon. Tails, I go first. Okay, you go first. All right, so 
first photograph is from John Madden. So this is typically a drone shot, okay, and it has to be one of the most contrasting images that I've seen in a long time. It's very, very creative. The leading line just breaks the whole image up in this swooping line, and what tops it all off is got this tiny little red car, and the drone is literally vertically right above it. Not only that, but he's got trees on this road leading the whole way around, and there should be green trees on both sides. But this is where photography photography doesn't stop at the sound of shutter. This guy got his creative juices going in the editing programs. So what he's done is he's left the trees green on one side, but what he's done is uh, applied a, a black and white filter, a kind of a frosting effect on the trees. Infrared, on, I'd say. Sorry? I'd say it's infrared. Um, yeah, some editing technique like that, yeah. Uh, and he's had them on the left-hand side. So this image really really resonates with any person that's looking at it and it really, really pops. Did you see it, Darren? It's exactly one of the first shot I would have picked as well, which is <laughs> uncanny because it jumped off the page to the moment that I saw it and the contrast, like you say, from left to right, but the road that goes through it as well, the positioning of the drone, the positioning of the car. Bingo. It's phenomenal. I, it took me phenomenal. a couple of seconds to figure out what the hell it was. And I was going, what the hell is this thing like? And then I looked at it closely and I was like, oh, wow, this dude gets a bula boss. I and mean, it was the first image, it was the first comment on the Shunda showcase. Yeah, it was actually. In the moment that I saw it, I went, oh, yeah, look at that. It's incredible. Mm. It's incredible. Now, it was a beautiful shot. I mean, it's taken with green trees. Imagine what it would be like if there is autumnal colour within that. It could be a whole different thing again. But what a phenomenal road. I wonder where it is. You might let us know, John, where it is. But a fantastic shot. I think you, both of us picked it. Yeah. Mesa, Mesa Arch, yeah. All right, so Mesa Arch, your yeah. go. <laughs> uh, my go. Okay, so the next one that I'm, I've picked is one from our very own BG. And all it basically is is a photograph at the back of his camera. But for what it actually is going to be, I think it's going to be an incredible photograph. Have you seen it? No. I think we're bending the okay. rules here now. But come on. Well, it's not. It's Sunday showcases. What did you shoot this weekend? I suppose. So we're exactly on the money in regards to it because BG is over in Pharaoh's or it was on Sunday. I don't know if he's still there now. Pharaoh. It is actually, yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh's, yeah. Um, but he's got a photograph of incredible light on a very well-known location. It's like the Infinite Lake. You see everybody that goes there is taking the photographs and now, bang, in the middle of that, he's got rainbows that are going through it. I know you don't like rainbows. You probably would never have picked this shot. This is probably why you're saying that it's against the rules. But either which way, I think it's a phenomenal photograph. And more so why I think it's a phenomenal photograph is because this is not just a photograph that Burnley will be after taking. There'll be photographs of this taken by participants on his workshop. So bang, not many people are going to have this, but more than one will have it. Yeah. And I think it's a phenomenal photograph to have, phenomenal conditions to have. But not only for Bernard, but for participants of that workshop. Incredible. Yeah, I like the image. I, do, I really do like the image. Um, he's getting the vignette in the same as me, man. You can see it Yeah, there. I see that around the outside, yeah. yeah. That's all these wide lenses saying that they'll work with these holders. I don't think they will because they're designed for the capacity of the lens and you add that small little piece on the outside, you're going to get yeah. it ultra wide. Especially the lens that I'm using. I'm using a 12 to 24 f4 so it's ridiculously wide 
Well, I I get it. Um, with my sixteen to thirty five F four. Do you? I get I get vignetting, but only when I put on the polarizer. I don't get any so, vignetting on my sixteen thirty five. With the polarizer. With the polarizer. Mm, I get at sixteen. I get vignetting. Well, and I'm using yeah. the landscape polarizer, and it's the landscape foundation kit as well, which is thinner. For mm. that very reason, so I'm surprised. Interesting. Well, I am using the SW150 system on it. Well, that's why. So you're not using the same as mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, back to me. Yeah, back to you. So I was going to do a bit of a joke and say that poor Mark Fletcher, his cup of tea, with his uh, his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> I feel bad for him. There's some of his uh, computer calved. So uh, basically, for the uh, whoever's not an Irish listener, calved means died basically. Uh, so the computer just decided to stop working, and he's in getting fixed. So he can't even edit us in any photographs. So he took a picture of a cup of tea and stuck it up in the Sunday showcase. But that was just a joke one. Um, so we have uh, Aaron M. Grubb. As far as I know, Aaron is an American listener. He, I've talked to him every now and again. Uh, he, we met each other on the Master Photography podcast. So he, uh, Jeff Harmon was doing an episode about uh, composites and what backgrounds to use and stuff like that. So Aaron went away and done his own version of this. So what he's done is he's used, I'm guessing his son or nephew or whatever, and he's dressed him up as Captain, Captain America, America or some, Superman or someone like that. So he's Captain America. So he's got this superhero pose. Absolutely. The pose sets it off. So he's given that it's kind of like looking up into the sky. It's really, really cool. The backdrop is really cool. And they've been taking two different photographs in two different times. And he's done a seamless job. Fantastic job of blending that uh, model into the backdrop. And Jeff Harmon did a great job of explaining how and when to do this kind of procedure, you know. I saw that photograph as well at the time. I looked at it and went, wow, man, that's incredible. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal concept. And even looking at the detail, what he's done with the buildings that are all destroyed in the background, it looks like something out of a movie. The editing is spot on as well. I would agree with you. That was a lovely shot. It wasn't, I didn't pick it as my... Um, third one but I think it was hard for me to kind of move away from it because it did catch my attention mm, interesting so over mm. to you buddy well the last one that I photographed uh, the last one that I picked was an image by our very own special guest in the past and talking from an astro point of view but no it's not and it's Anthony Lynch with his photograph of the stag oh, in Phoenix Park the deer whisperer <clears throat> the deer whisperer yeah yeah I mean, this week has been a stag-heavy <laughs> Sunday showcase, but uh, very creative, I must say. Very, very nice. Very creative. Um, you know, we spoke, well, I spoke a couple of weeks back about a picture that I saw of a scene which was a leaf surrounding it, and obviously very much so reminds me, reminds me of that, looking true to the scene. But just everything he's done, the creative vision that he's put together, you know, I don't know... Uh, how many photographs I suppose are within that but it's a great vision and he's done a fantastic uh, job and it gets my pick because straight away it stops you in your track with the way that he's got it laid out with the leaf that it brings you through effectively a tunnel effect surrounding the whole barrel of it the lens it frames it really really well and he's got that sepia tone to kind of give this eerie feel to the image 
Yeah, exactly. It's a lovely shot and it kind of stopped me. So that was my third pick. And it was very hard for me, again, like it was the first time, to be able to pick only three images because the quality is incredible. And each week it blows me away in regards to the quality that's there. And that, you know, this is people who listen to the podcast and they're joined the group. And if you're not in the group, you know, I would suggest go look, press join, as Jeremy would have said in previous episodes. But, um, you just be asked a simple question, name a host, and you can go join in the conversation and see the incredible work and post your own work and you know let everybody see what you shot at the weekend on the Sunday showcase. Yeah, yeah. And if you say and if what? you say my name, you get brownie points rather than Darren's name. Oh yeah, say Dermot's name. Yeah, yeah, say my name. I'm the captain, sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so captain of your own ship. <laughs> on to my last shot, and it's from uh Connor Finnegan, and it's a photograph of mm. Malin. Head, now it's beautiful. That Amy has just jumped off the page at me. He uh, he turned it in, into a starburst. He got a yeah. nice effect. He got great light. The composition was top class. Very very well done. Uh, I would love to see the full res version just to see the awesomeness, the the real feel of the image. I want to I want to almost touch it and feel it. It's so good. But Facebook destroys the quality of all these images and it drives me nuts, you know. So I want to see that big one, you know. It looks really, really, really good. So, Connor, uh, fantastic result, man. Well, well done. Awesome work. I, that's a very good choice, Jeremy. That was one of the images as well. Like you, it jumped off the page to me. And I w- also would like to be able to see the detail, the quality of that, because you and I both have shot there. Yeah. We photographed there, um, no, okay, at the wrong time. We photographed there just after an incredibly crazy storm at dawn. That was dangerous, man. <clears throat> it was, it was, it was. But it was fun. You know what? It was an experience. It was um, grim, man. That's a, <laughs> yeah, grim, man. It's grim. Um, but that was that's a great shot, great choice. And uh, yeah, you know, look, I suppose we both agreed on the John Madden photo. Um and I think the other choices as well. Both yours were good too. I think you know everybody's photographs were great. I agree. Very, very, very hard to be able to pick some. But interesting, we both picked one anyway the same. Maybe we'll get better the next time. You might pick two the same. Yeah. Or none at all. Uh, correct. All right, so guys, we're going to leave it at that tonight. And if you want to join in to further your experience of the Irish Photography Podcast, please go join the Facebook page. And as Darren says, just name a host. My name for Brownie Points. I am the captain. Or if you go over to the Instagram page where Darren is more likely to entertain you on that side of things, he's very good at the Instagram, the stories, and he keeps you up to date and he kind of mans that page. So fair play to Darren for that side of things. So give us a follow and share with your friends. Five stars, five stars, guys. I'm Dermot, he's Darren, I'm out the gap. I'll see you later, buddy. Shlanga fall, everybody. Ayo. Hey guys, if you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts? Give us a five-star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.